I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 208, for the weekend starting 23 February 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, Mobile World Congress preview. Also this week, Blue Label and Celsi. Smartphone sales declined for the first time ever. More thoughts on the wholesale open access network. And the new iPads are coming. It's three days to Mobile World Congress. There's lots to talk about. Let's do it. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rechat? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. We are attempting our first live stream of this podcast through Discord. Uh, we have a total of four people in the in the in the room at the moment. Uh, two of which are us. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Martin and someone called Y Bacher. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are going to uh, attempt various platforms of streaming over the coming weeks. I think uh, yep. we'll try Facebook next if we can yes. get that to work. YouTube. We'll see what works. Yeah, definitely. And maybe Tinder after that. I think that could also be a great platform. Are joking, f- joking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is he looking for a hot date on a yeah, Friday maybe. afternoon? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, lots to talk about, lots of hot stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, and uh, before we get into all of that, of course, including Mobile World Congress, let's do our quiz. The first question in this week's quiz, DSTV has cut the price of Showmax for Compact and Compact Plus subscribers to what? How much is MTN looking to raise through a listing of its Ghanaian subsidiary? And we're looking for the rand amount. Third question. SpaceX blasted two demonstration satellites into space this week. What are the satellites used for? And former Dimension Data CEO Brett Dawson has joined the board of which tech company? And the last question. Which chip company builds the Snapdragon process that power many of today's smartphones? Nice easy one to end the quiz this week. We'll get to the answers at the end of the show as always. But let's let's dive into the week's news. And of course, we are just a matter of days away now from a very big event that happens every year in Barcelona. A little one one show, one story event up in uh, Spain, right? A <laughs> hundred thousand people descend on, on the ancient city of Barcelona. Uh, I'm not going this year. I um, I have been many times though, and uh, it's always yeah. a great a great event. A bit chaotic and uh, difficult to um, to to try and ca- cover and catch everything. It's in and, fact it's impossible these days. And cell phone covers for days. Cell phone accessories for days at that show. And new new smartphones, of course. Uh, all the big, uh, not all of them, of course. Apple isn't there, but many of the big uh, smartphone vendors launching new uh, devices at Mobile World Congress. And of course we. Thanks to all the leaks these days, um, not much is left to the imagination. Uh, we know that this Sunday, for example, Samsung is going to be launching the Galaxy S9, yep. which is the successor to uh, last year's S8, which is a very well-received device. It appears that Samsung is going to be launching a very much an iterative product this time around, whereas mm-hmm. the S8 mm-hmm. was quite a major leap Bolstered, forward. Yeah. Um, and who can blame them? I mean, um, the S8 was such a huge success, so why not build on that and, and simply just try and refine that product? It looks like it's going to have better cameras. It's going two cameras at the rear. They've moved the fingerprint sensor, which I think will appeal to a lot of people. Of course, on the S8, it's right next to the camera. Um, And of course, it's going to have Qualcomm's new Snapdragon 845 processor, the latest and greatest uh, processor from from, uh, Samsung. We, we of course, here in the South African and in the broader European, African, Middle Eastern market will probably get the Samsung uh, um, silicon inside that device. The Qualcomm chip will go into markets like the US and elsewhere. 
Um, but uh, the S8 was a, it still is a very good device, and um, I just expect the, the S9 is just going to be a speedier version of that uh, with some improved camera technology yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, one or two other minor tweaks. Of course, it'll be running Oreo, which is the latest um, version of um, Google's Android operating system, uh, as will all of the um, smartphones yes, being launched, launched now. The, yeah. this com- the, in the coming few days. So um, I'm looking forward to the S9, but I must say I'm not not as excited about it as I was about the launch of the S8 and S8 Plus last year. Yeah, yeah, I'm very interested to see what the next what the next thing is in mobile form factor because a lot of these guys, I mean, you mm. know, if you look at just what they look like, nobody's really brought anything interesting to the party. And you also have to ask a question: the guys that do bring a new form factor, you know, are they going to be accepted as uh, you know as you would you know as somebody's always going to have something to say about a new design, a new new product, a new sh- smartphone shape? Yes. Um, but yeah, I think for now we're going to see much of the same. Much of the same. Maybe better sort of designs, you know, OLED screens, more. I, I think it's just building on what's there already. More RAM, greater storage. As component yeah. prices come down, manufacturing volumes go up. We're just going to see better of the same. And I'm sure we'll see a few of the guys uh, punting AI capabilities, you know, just, oh, yeah. just giving them uh, uh, AI, virtual reality, augmented reality, and uh, obviously the AI processing capabilities. Absolutely. That's, that's going to become uh, mainstream on high-end devices this year. Um, so yeah, there's some talk as well that some vendors might be coming there with the first foldable designs, um, but I, th- I suspect that'll be early early days on those. It'll be more proof of concept and yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. All the, all these phones will be running Oreo, of course, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, um, we're looking forward to which other vendors are making. Sony's got some uh, announcements coming yeah. out. Uh, LG. Um, I think Sony's fallen a bit behind in the smartphone market. Um, yeah, they, they have. Designs they have. have become a bit outdated, and I expect them at the press conference um, this weekend. I think it's on Sunday. Could be mistaken there, but I think it's on Sunday. I, I expect Sony's going to announce. The rumor is they're going to announce something called the XZ2 and the XZ2 Compact, and that these will, like other phones in the market, have a much smaller bezel, if not you know, if not removing the bezel yes, entirely, yes. which Sony's needed to do because the, their, their design has fallen a bit behind their, their primary rivals at the high end. Yeah, yeah. Now, they've certainly not looked as snazzy as their, their rivals, like you said. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of, uh, of Sony products, but uh, uh, given what they have currently have in the market, I, I wouldn't buy one. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, I, I guess we've had this conversation before, but I guess it's also a matter of they just haven't kept up with what people want. That I mean, they've produced great phones, but yeah. they just, you know, technically they've been rivals to the best that's out there, but they just didn't entice the consumer. And I guess, I mean, you can look yeah. at various, maybe marketing is a bit to blame for that. Maybe form factor is a bit to blame. Maybe the software. Mm. But I guess general exposure of Sony devices just isn't what they used to be, or Sony, Sony hardware. Yeah. The other big announcement we're expecting um, this Sunday is from HMD Global, which makes Nokia phones. Now, I'm actually precluded from saying anything about this because I'm under a non-disclosure agreement. I know what they're going to be announcing, so um, maybe I should just hand it over to you, Rechard, because I can't say anything. <laughs> and uh, let's hear what you'd like to hear from Nokia. <laughs> Look, I mean, what we've seen from Nokia so far is their drive to just produce really superb Android pure mm-hmm. devices. So putting the device first with just the most pure form of Android that you can get. Which is really appealing. Which is really appealing. Mm. And I'm sure they will follow suit in that. What I would like to see from them now, obviously, is improvement in the form factor. You know, mm-hmm. their, their previous phones in Nokia 8 is last one. I kind of had some hands-on times with, and it was a great device. Like I said to you at the time, it's definitely the kind of device I would upgrade to. Yeah. But now looking at it, it's, it, it feels a little dated in terms of the design. I don't know if it's just me. It's just It just doesn't feel as 
nice as what I think in the future phones should look like. So I guess from Sony, what I would like to see is uh, from uh, what I would like to see is from just Nokia. from Nokia. Yeah. Um, you know, more better improvement on that screen. Maybe maybe something that's a bit bezel-less. Um, I would like to see one of two interesting things that they bring to the party. I don't know what that could potentially be something that we haven't seen before maybe, but mm, Nokia, I think now is the time for Nokia to step up the game. They've kind of put out into the market that they've got some things, some interesting things, or they've got something interesting things in the pipeline. It's now just a matter of, uh, they've produced some interesting things, sorry. And now it's just a matter of bringing new things into the pipeline sure. that would blow our socks off. So uh, keep an eye on Tech Central over the weekend uh, for all the details on what HMD Global slash Nokia is Can't going to be bringing wait. to market, but I cannot say any more than that at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we expecting? Huawei is not doing anything major. Not there. much, no. They're launching their new P-series phones in March after Mobile World Congress, so they'll probably have something there, but uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be anything um, spectacular from Huawei. Lenovo, um, Motorola. Yeah, Motorola is launching, I think it's the G6. Um, uh, Lenovo, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, uh, they're quite a small player in the mobile mm, market. Mm. Um, uh, HTC. Um, yeah, they're long overdue for something. U11, the talk that they're launching in the U11 Plus, I think it's called, um, uh, this week. Um, but uh, yeah, HTC, yeah, they, they don't have as much um, share of mind as they used to, do they? Well, they used to be, in my opinion, the, the standard. Like, they were the greatest. This is what Android the, smartphone, the, the smartphone is all about. Yeah. Um, but they somehow just lost lost the plot completely. I think our business came in the way, you know, making mm. money came in the way of producing really superb phones. Yeah. What we won't be seeing at Mobile World Congress is anything from Apple, of course. Apple um, has never participated in this event. Yeah, yeah no, they're too good for Mobile World Congress. <laughs> but it's it's fine. It takes it gives everybody else a bit of uh, you know get give them a chance to get some of the, some of the attention. Absolutely. The problem is that with all these vendors launching, um, it, it, there tends to be so much noise that a lot of it gets drowned out. So of course yeah. everyone notices the Galaxy S nine, but does. Does anyone notice that actually Motorola's launched a new phone and uh, Huawei's got these new great new mid-range devices and mm. all this sort of thing? Because um, you kind of see the headline and you know, thousands of products are getting launched, but are they really getting the attention they deserve, which I suppose is a risk of, of launching it at, at, a, at a mobile world yeah. congress. So, um, Samsung, of course, last year launched the S8 outside of the mobile world congress. Yes, yes. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm surprised mm. we haven't seen anybody doing something this year, just before mobile world congress dropping mm. big news bombs, so to speak. Yeah, um, I guess there must be there must be a benefit for these guys keeping it f- for this event. I can't see what it could be, but well, they've got. I suppose they've got the world's press there. The world's tech press is there. Um, sure. So, so everybody they can, but then everybody's fighting for those guys' time. That's so. true. That's Unless true. you get flown out, and then you'll get preference, obviously, in terms of you know just you having to attend um, the company that takes you to Mobile World Congress. But yeah, I guess flying in all flying, the yeah. yeah flying in all the bloggers and. <laughs> the blogger, lifestyle bloggers. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is happening at Mobile World Congress? Of course, it's going to be all the talk of the town is going to be 5G. Uh, first yeah. five, five, first yeah. 5G networks are going to be uh, launched um, towards the end of this year, I think. Uh, AT&T, I think it was, it said they're launching in three US cities before the end of the year. Uh, we're not going to see 5G in this country for a while, not until the spectrum mess is sorted out. Mm, but mm. Um, s- some markets are going to start to deploy. It's a limited scale, I'd imagine, 5G towards the end of this year. So I think that certainly all the big tech vendors um, and the major global operators are going to be talking 5G at Mobile World Congress. On the conference tracks, I'm sure it's going to be much of the talk. What are the applications for it? Um, Bedding down the technical standards, rollouts, Mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I mean, Mobile World Congress has, al- has always been, I guess, a place for, for the big heads to come together in these things in many ways and kind of you know, do the last handshake and, and getting mm. some of these deals on the corporate level done. I mean, we shouldn't forget that Mobile World Congress isn't a consumer expo. It's actually aimed at industry players and then part yeah. of it is media. Yes. So we'll keep an eye on the space. Uh, of course, all the pre, a lot of the pre-conference um, announcements are going to be happening on Sunday, and then yeah. the show itself, I think, starts on Monday uh, and runs through pretty much the whole of next week. Um, I'll be covering it from Joburg, which I think is a good place to cover it's it the from. Best place to cover yeah. from. If you've been there once, like it's CES, you know, you can. I haven't been there, so mm. I do want to go to CES. It's a much better show than CES, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a better saying, show. Oh, Bible yeah. World Congress is better than CES. Oh yeah, for news, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, mm. no, definitely. And and you have, I mean, every time I've been, you've had a lot of the big heads there too. So you have access as a journalist. You have access to a lot of these guys, which yeah. you wouldn't normally have. Which I guess is another reason why it's such a Good show, a big show to get. And, to. and you bump into so many people just walking through those halls, and, and, and even in the streets of Barcelona, you know, after the show, you're walking down the street, hey, there's no <laughs> there's yeah. so, 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 what are you doing here? Yeah. So, from that perspective, it's a very, it's a very good networking event. But, um, but the first time I went to Mobile World Congress, I made the mistake of just going without a plan, and it kills you, you drown. It's too much. Um, it's way too much. You, you have to go in there with a almost like a, a, a uh, an attack plan. Mm. Um, this is who I'm going to talk to. This is the these are the areas I'm going to, and why, and and all the rest yeah. of it. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you're just going to walk go from pillar to post and not get anything done. And I think that's a golden rule for any expo that yeah. you attend. I mean, you have to go with the plan. These things get so big these days; yeah. it's impossible to. And the size of, the size of Mobile World Congress. I was last there. I think it was two years ago. The size of this thing is just mind blowing. Um, you can't actually get through it all. Yeah, it's no, just you can't you can't literally walk through and see everything that's interesting and all of the all of the halls and all that sort of thing, and, and so much of the time you of course you're not even at the exhibition center you're attending press conferences all over Barcelona yeah, and yeah. rushing around to meet people. What so. I used to do is actually see what's online, what's hot, and then actually go find those things for myself. You know, yeah. if there's anything that's of relevance, I would go find, speak to the people. Mm. But I mean, you have to kind of use what's current news, see what's out and happening there to go to, yeah. and then you know obviously find out. From the guys on the ground, what are the, the highlights? Or from the from the early press uh, yes. launches? They actually do quite a good daily um, newspaper. Um, Very good, yes, yes. Uh, a recap. I forget what it's called, um, GSM Daily or something. Yeah. But it's in you get in the press room and all that sort of thing the next morning, and uh, uh, it's a great recap of what's happened because they've got a whole team of journalists who are just covering all the everything. Con- things you just can't get to. In fact, you can probably, I don't know if it's online, but uh, that, I think that is, is yeah. the one that gives you, that used to give me the best recap of, of mm. especially of stuff if I have missed anything, to know that, okay, that's a, that's important news story to try yeah. and catch up on. No, no, they do put it online. I remember reading it last year. Um, no, it's a very, very useful, useful resource, actually. But uh, yeah, I'll probably go next year. Um, you can't you say... You say without much enthusiasm. No, indeed. <laughs> Just bolt a holiday until the end of that. You'll you need it to recover. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hey, what a, Spain's a quite a nice place for a holiday. Yeah. I must say. I don't think I'd stay in Barcelona. Though. I'd probably go down the coast of Valencia or something. Yeah. No. Look, I still I like Barcelona as a city. It's a it's a interesting I've place. I've seen it laid backwards. out very. Yeah. I've seen it backwards. I've been there like five six times, and I've seen everything that Gaudi ever made. And oh, you've been uh, through all the corners. Yeah. I've been through the Gothic Quarter. I've run the city in fact I went running last time I was there with Aki Anastasio we did a beautiful run from our hotel down La Ramblas to the uh, Olympic Village and oh, yes. all the way back up through the Gothic Quarter it was uh, actually the highlight of the trip last time I was there <laughs> <laughs> we went for a run at 6 in the morning the sun was just coming up oh, wow. and uh, it was spectacular I'm kind of glad I'm missing it this year though 
So uh, let's let's move on. Um, Blue Label and Cell C. Um, these companies are now obviously intertwined with one another. Yeah. Uh, Blue Label last year acquired forty five percent of Cell C in a five and a half billion rand deal. Uh, both companies put out financial results this week. Cell C for the full year to the end of December, and Blue Label for the six months to the end of November twenty seventeen. And um, the Cell C numbers um, they reported a four point one billion rand net profit. Sure. But but that was um, all, almost all to do with the recapitalization last year. So they actually reported a um, what they term a normalized net profit of a negative twenty six million. Uh, so effectively break even on mm-hmm. revenues of about fifteen fifteen and a half billion rand. Um, very bullish. Uh, Jose dos Santos says the company is on track according to its business plan. Uh, this year is going to be even better. Um, um, Blue Label uh, very keen on the investment as well now, saying that uh, this is going to be a very strong third operator in South Africa. Yeah. But the Blue Label results were really quite spectacular, actually. Um, even if you strip out the effects of the um, 3G Mobile and Celsius acquisitions, which they did last year, which were worth about I think seven and a half eight billion rand. In total, um, massive acquisitions last year. Even if you strip all of that out, um, they still grew their core headline earnings by 21%. So that's effectively what they grew their business by organically year on year yeah, yeah. In, a, in a market that was very nearly in a recession. Um, so incredible to, incredible bottom line growth from, from Blue Label. Now, if you include the contributions from particularly CLC, but also small contributions from, from 3G Mobile as well, their um, headline earnings were up over 100%. Um, now, of course, that's um, due to various things like, sure, a, sure. like a tax benefit, which Celsi um, um, uh, has received as, as a result of it being a loss-making entity for so many years. It's oh, a, yeah. it's a, I'm not sure what the accounting term is. It's like a, not a write-down, but a, a tax credit almost that they get. Okay. And that, amu- that amounted, I think, to something like 820, 850 million rand Direct flow into cells into Blue Label Telecom, so that had a big impact on the sure, on, on their sure. numbers, and it's a once-off. But I think it's the underlying number that you need to look at. The twenty-one percent is phenomenal growth in a market that uh, in an economy that's uh, effectively not going anywhere at all. Um, so um, the Levy brothers, who started Blue Label, I think in two thousand and one, um, uh, they they um, I think they grew up in Delmas on the far east rand, uh, and they have. Um, you know, two ordinary Jewish guys um, gr- growing up in a small Afrikaans town on the East Rand, and they've built an incredible success story. Um, sure, yeah. incredible success story. Uh, the, I mean, their, their annualized revenues are quite phenomenal. Um, I forget the figure. I think it was something like twenty-six billion rand for the six months. Wowzers! Massive numbers. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, they've um, they did this very complicated sell C deal. And they bought 3G Mobile, which looks like a very interesting business. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, well done to them. Um, I think that uh, I think that company is going places. So smartphone sales. Gartner put out this very interesting report this week um, on fourth quarter uh, cell phone smartphone sales to end users. Um, and it showed for the first time that Gartner has been looking at this, which is many, many, many years. Yeah. I think back to 2004 or something. We've seen that uh, in the fourth quarter on a, on a year-on-year basis, uh, smartphone sales went into decline. Uh, the only companies that increased, I think, were Huawei, uh, which was up marginally, and Xiaomi, which was up something like 78%. Sure. Okay. Uh, so Xiaomi is doing something uh, very right. Um, I think the Chinese market, they've expanded into Southeast Asia, of course, they've launched here in South Africa yeah. as well. 
and I, they, they bring quality quality devices at at, at, at low price, at low cost almost like a uh, you know, almost like, they're almost like a, um, a high-end Android they're bringing to market at mid-market prices. Yes. And I think that's where they've been very successful. There's um, definitely demand. I mean, yeah, absolutely. demand for especially as cons- a bit of quality. Especially as consumers are under pressure. They, I mean, people want good quality smartphones, but they don't yeah. want to pay Apple, yeah. Samsung prices. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's where Xiaomi has hit the, has hit the um, sweet spot. Exactly. I think, I think another reason for, I mean, if you look at this, the slowdown, what, what I've seen is the hand-me-down of phones. So, mm. You know, phones generally. If you look at an iPhone, I mean, those things generally last quite long. If it's if it's not dropped all the time, obviously. But I mean, you get a lot of hand-me-downs of the iPhone. Somebody mm. upgrades the next one, hand me down to 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 somebody else in the family. I mean, the same goes for many of the other devices. Uh, I just don't know some of the obviously the the cheaper Android devices aren't as hardy or hard wearing. You know, over mm. a period of a year or two. But that must have had a massive impact, you know. Obviously, the, the, there's so many smartphones in the market now, you know. Yeah. People, you know, you either buy one, upgrade one, you know. I think that's got to, has to have a massive impact on, on the new new phone sales. Mm, for sure, for sure. Um, so Apple, Samsung, and who's the other top five one? Um, slipped my mind now. Uh, Samsung, Huawei. Huawei, Huawei, and, Chrome, and, and Xiaomi. O-P-P-O. Oppo, no, Oppo's, uh, Oppo is not in the top five. But Apple's de- Apple sales declined and Samsung sales declined. And whoever the fifth one was, uh, I don't have the web page in front of me now, but uh, whoever the fifth one was also declined. So um, the only real winner there was, was Xiaomi. And of course, Huawei is... Um, Huawei is, 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 has a big problem on its hand. Is it, uh, in fact, not just Huawei, but all the Chinese manufacturers, yeah. but Huawei in particular just can't get into the US market. Um, the operators there they have said, we're not going to arrange these. The government, some some elements in the government there anyway, uh, mm. are saying, um, we don't don't trust these phones. You know, they're made in China. They're going to spy on you, um, which sounds like a load of nonsense to yeah, me. But, exactly. um, but it's a rumor that spreads like, it's the kind of thing that sounds almost believable. You know, you yeah. can imagine having dinner, t- dinner time conversation in the US where this type of co- topic comes up. Yeah. And you can see why it's, why the US market is hurting these brands. Yes, it's it's just you know, even the consumers would shy away from these in many cases. Yeah, I mean, I mean in China, people want to buy Apple. Um, they can't <laughs> afford to buy Apple, Apple, but uh, I don't think the Chinese are running around saying that iPhones are spy devices. Um, I don't know. Um, I, th- I think the, I think the Americans are being paranoid. Yeah, look, I mean, if if you go by that argument, there are many routers that are probably more exactly <laughs> more prone to hacking attacks just because of you know other a brand that's not yeah. not been developed anymore and there's no firmware updates. Yeah, that's what they should be worried about. Yeah, and, and anyway, isn't uh, isn't the iPhone made in China? <laughs> <laughs> probably the same factory. Probably the same factory. <laughs> the others, yeah. indeed, Foxconn. They make uh, a lot of phones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, if I was um, if I was in the market for a Huawei, I would not allow uh, um, fear of of this device spying on me to um, put me off my purchase because it's you know there's just as much chance some other device is going to oh, yeah. do that. Um, and besides, if it's in the software, someone will find it. Yeah, look, you probably have more chance. I mean, if you look at technology and the internet as a whole, you, you, if I can say you're pretty screwed regardless if you don't keep a basic. Um, kind of internet security rules mm. with any device you're using. Yeah. On that note, we need to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. 
for business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber, now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Well, welcome back to the podcast. How's it, Rachel? How's it, Duncan? And our team of loyal listeners. Yeah, we've got ooh, one of them dropped out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have three people online, and two of them us. Um, but we will we will take this live to Facebook and to our uh, millions of loyal fans. Yeah, once we do this officially, I'm sure we'll have a, a stronger following in the chat room. Absolutely. So um, I, I pinned some thoughts this week on this week, sorry, on the WoAN, the wholesale open access network, and. Um, it got me thinking, uh, a, a conversation I had with Jose Dos Santos, the CEO of Cell C, and, and conversations I've had with many people in the industry. Um, now, we've got this um, standoff in the industry about getting access to Spectrum. Should the WoN get access to the Spectrum, et cetera, et cetera? Now, Telcom has thrown its weight behind the WoN and said all the Spectrum should go to the WoN, which I think is a terrible idea. Cell C has said we support the WoN and give most of the Spectrum to the WoN. Um, which also not, not I'm not convinced about either. But you now have Cell C and Telcom, the two smaller mobile players, both in favor of participating in the WoN and saying they'll back it. Uh, MTN and Vodacom, of course, want to build their own infrastructure. And mm. let's face it, apart from a WoN-type structure, these are probably the only two companies that have the balance sheets to be able to um, to build networks that cover the entire country. So if we're looking to allocate Spectrum on the basis of, of providing national coverage and providing them to companies that can provide, that, that have the resources to do this and have the infrastructure in place, um, why not divide the available, certainly let's talk about digital dividend and um, 2.6 gigahertz, which are optimal for 4G services, mm-hmm. uh, 800 megahertz, let's call it, and 2.6 why not divide those bands up three ways between MTN, Vodacom, and the WoAN? Um, there is more than enough spectrum in those bands to allow these companies to build super fast networks. Uh, in fact, you could you'd probably have a, a bunch of spectrum left over. You could probably leave spectrum on the table for, some, for another, something yeah. that might happen in the future. Some you know, British telecom might decide they want to come in and build a mobile network. It's not going to happen, but you never know. So maybe leave aside a chunk of spectrum for someone who wants to come in or even two players who want to come in. But there's still more than enough spectrum to allocate to these three players plus leave some on the table Um, and divide it up three ways. Telcom and CellC are much smaller players. So um, together they don't even have the number of customers that that MTN has. It might come close to MTN, but certainly MTN and Vodacom together have the bulk of the customers on the network. So they actually, they have an argument to make that they need the spectrum because they're servicing so many customers. So why why not, why not just divvy it up, divvy it up three ways. Um, And Telcom and CellC can pool their resources with anyone else who wants to come into the market, uh, be it internet service providers, be it um, NGOs, be it um, RAIN, 
be it um, whoever yeah. wants to yeah. come in and, and participate in the network. Um, and you know, maybe there's an argument that some, if they grow to a certain size, that some of the spectrum that's left on the table could be allocated to them if they need it. Uh, but given that um, the other two operators, licensed operators, mobile operators in the market, are want to throw their chips in with the WAN, Vodacom and MTN want to build their own networks, let's just do that. Mm. And in rural areas where duplication of infrastructure is expensive and you want to probably want to discourage it to some extent, um, although I don't believe the government should decide whether it should be, which should happen or not. I think yeah, it should yeah. be de- up to the operators to decide if they want to pull resources. But then allow MTN and Vodacom to piggyback off the WOAN's infrastructure or allow, allow them to work with the WOAN to to build uh, infrastructure, 4G and later 5G infrastructure in the rural areas and le- then let them contribute to the wholesale open access network. Yeah. Uh, now, I know this isn't a complete solution and there's lots of different angles to this, et cetera, et cetera, but I do think that... I do think that there's possibly the workings of a solution there to the impasse that we've seen between government and the mobile operators. No, no, I agree. I mean, you would think that they would, again, be working together for the greater good of this technology that we are, you know, it's Mm. for the people. Yes. Um, And that's, I I, I always hammer on that point because I think people lose sight of who they're doing this for, the people that are actually paying for these Mm. services. So, yeah, let's hope uh, sanity prevails. Yeah. So that, that article, that column is on, on Tech Central if you haven't read it um, and you're interested in this stuff. I know it can be a bit arcane, uh, but go and, go, and have a look, go and have a read of that if, you're, if it's of interest. And uh, lastly, on the news this week, um, I see reports are emerging that Apple is going to be announcing new iPads soon. Um, they're going to, uh, it looks like they're going to announce an update, a refresh to the, um, the, uh, the entry-level okay. iPad. Yep. Uh, I wish they'd name these things. It would be so much easier. The I just it's just called iPad now, um, and uh, the expectation is that's not going to be much different. It's just going to have, maybe have a faster processor in it, and maybe a bit more RAM. The usual sort of thing for a, for an incremental upgrade. And then later this year, um, we are expecting a new high end iPad Pro that's going to take its design stylings from the iPhone X, the iPhone hmm. X. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, which probably means it's going to have a notch. Although I'm not sure a notch will be necessary in a device that size. Uh, it depends how much they want to get rid of the bezels on it. Yeah, I would like to see them doing away with that notch. Uh, and I've seen some rumors online where Apple will be doing away with the notch in the next iPhone completely. Because I don't think it was a, it was a very clever. No. It, it, they could have just they just made it a little blank strip. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing. It's like a splintering your eye. You know? Whenever I, I see an iPhone 10 it. on a table, I think, oh god, that's got a notch on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Um, but now on the iPads, I mean, I'm still using an iPad third generation. Wow. And it is fantastic. That's still worth third, great, yeah. Fourth. Might be third or fourth. Anyway, it, it is still more than sufficient for all my media uses, and that's why I use it for you know, Just as a, a another device that I have around the house, if I don't want to have my mm. computer, I want to just want to enjoy some movies or music or just have a nice big reading screen. Yeah, I agree. I'm I, finding it very difficult to... Yeah, I'm, I'm finding it hard to understand. Like, they bring out all these iPads, but they're not differentiating them. So for me, mm. you know, there's no reason for me to want to upgrade because I can't, I can't see the reason for that faster processing speed. Obviously, I'm, I'm not... I guess I'm not the audience for a newer, faster Mac. Mm. But as the average Joe who's thinking, I need a big screen tablet. I need an Apple big screen... T- or I want an Apple big screen tablet or, or tablet... You know, I can get a second one pretty easily, or do I spend this money on a new one, which I guess might be faster, but it's still not a PC. Mm. And that's what the, the iPad's always been sitting in this weird space for me. Yeah, never kind of fully understood it. I love the product, 
but as I mean, I wouldn't buy one now. It just doesn't yeah. make sense now. Yeah, right. I've got an iPad Air 2 that I bought, oh, I don't know, three years ago three now. Three years ago, yeah. Uh, and it's perfect. It runs fast. It's, uh, it's, it, I, I, don't, I see no reason to buy a new iPad anytime soon. The only, the only thing I'm worried about on it is the battery going. Um, yeah. Because I think, that, you know, the batteries weaken over time. And, and then, of course, Apple slows your device down. <laughs> <laughs> but even having said that, my battery is, is still it's lasting good. days. I mean, like yeah. I use it a, f- a few hours, maybe an hour or two a night, or maybe an hour, mm. a few hours a week at night. Um, yeah, I guess battery would be the only real concern. And then eventually, obviously, legacy, you know, just software updates will render your device just either slower or incapable of getting the latest up- yeah. upgrades. But still, if we talk about an iPad fourth generation, it's not that old a few yeah. years in terms of that type of, type of computing mm. i mean my mom's ipad is even older it's, i gave her my ipad before that so that was a second generation oh well and as as a consumer that won't have high end requirements she's still rocking that thing everything she wants to do skype facebook youtube netflix show max all those things still work beautifully mm. um yeah it'll be interesting to see you know who the consumer is who's going to be buying up these things maybe it's the same as the the cell phone you know people hand me downs buy a new one upgrade to a new one yeah yeah, the upgrade cycle on on a tablet is certainly much much longer than it is on a, on a smartphone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I will. I probably unless a better Android one comes along, and I haven't seen one yet, I will probably just get another iPad in I don't know five years from now. Yeah, yeah. Or unless yeah, until the software updates render it a little bit less usable than yes. what you've had before. A little message pops up on my screen saying, this is Apple. You have been using your device for too long. Time to go to the <laughs> iStore. <laughs> and then as you try and press that little X button, it jumps around the screen. This, close this device will self-implode in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you are not contributing enough to Apple's massive profits. Um, so that's the news this week. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to our regular features. Um, winner and loser. Our winner this week is the Levy Brothers. Uh, for all the reasons we set out a bit earlier in the podcast, Levy Brothers, uh, Mark and Brett, who obviously founded Blue Label Telecoms. And uh, the loser this week is a bit of an odd one, but uh, I thought I'd, I'd pick it anyway. But th- there's a video that's being shared around uh, on social media, Facebook and, and elsewhere. of Two guys, uh, they made this video slamming the Minister of Basic Education, Angie Motshekha, Motshekha, I beg your pardon, uh, over, I don't know if you've seen it, Rehard. No, I haven't they, seen it. They, they, um, Angie Mochecha was in Parliament talking about the importance of the three R's in education. Oh, yes, yes. Reading, about writing, that. and arithmetic. Yeah. Um, and these guys made a video slamming her, laughing at her, and saying, um, ha ha, this is the Minister of Basic Education, and she doesn't know that arithmetic and writing don't start with an R. <laughs> reading, writing, and arithmetic are not three R's. <laughs> but these guys didn't know that this is an old English saying. Yeah, it's been yeah. used in education for probably centuries. Yeah, exactly. And so this, this video, which was being shared, made these two guys look like a bunch of palookas. <laughs> And they didn't know that it was actually Lucas. So actually, thing, if yeah. anyone needs basic education, it's the guys who made this video. So uh, <laughs> they're our losers this week. <laughs> um, what's your pick this week, Rafa? All right. So I've got it. I'm, I'm going to call this half a pick because I haven't actually received the product, but there's a very cool part to this. So I pre-ordered a book by a local writer. You may know her, Sam Beck Bessinger. Yes. Um, she just launched a book now called Like a Grown up, which is a financial management application. Oh, beep, insert the beep there. <laughs> Gonna have to cut that. That's the website. I can't, that's what they call the website <laughs> and the book. So you can't blame me, blame Sam. <laughs> Damn so I I, I'm not picking the book because I haven't seen it yet. I believe it's fantastic. But what I am picking is she has made available on her website um, 
Uh, Excel sheet for managing your money. Obviously, this ties in very closely with the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I pre-ordered, I went to go and download the sheet. It's on Google Docs, or you can download it as an Excel file. But it's a very complete and beautifully laid out financial management Excel sheet, really. So she's giving you a template to just manage your money better. Obviously, it works in conjunction with the book. But I've already found a lot of use just in this Excel spreadsheet alone. So I'm picking that because as somebody who's terrible with money, I think this is a great way just to get a handle of it. I'm waiting for the book, and and as soon as I've digested it, I'll be able to give you some more feedback. But I think the Excel sheet or this, this Google Doc sheet is fantastic. You just plug in everything she's really laid it out nicely explained to you what these tab- tablets uh, tables and columns are mm-hmm. um, and i've already started playing with it a bit and yeah it's it's going to change the way i manage my money in an excel digital form so nice. i'm picking it and, and well done sam i'm looking forward to uh, checking out that book cool how's it sam if you're listening to the show and uh, my pick this week is something called Stars. Uh, it's a really cool, cool website. I recommend visiting on desktop, not mobile. Um, mm-hmm. Stars.chromeexperiments.com, and it's a 3D rendering of our galaxy. Oh, wow. uh, and you can zoom in and out. And uh, um, you pro- I'm not sure what sort of graphics card you need to 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 run it, but. Uh, uh, it'd probably work on a basic graphics card. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and you um, you can zoom in and out all over our uh, all over our galaxy and zoom into stars and click on them and find out more information about them. It's all rendered in beautiful 3D. Uh, I came across the website this week and uh, I was really impressed with it. Um, so if astronomy is your thing, check out stars.chromeexperiments.com. And I'm going to check that out. Include a link to both of those in the show notes. And that, Rechard, I think is our show, um, except for our quiz, of course. Yep. Let me dive in with the first question. DSTV has cut the price of Showmax for compact and compact... Oof, tongue-tied. DSTV <laughs> has cut the price of Showmax for compact and compact plus subscribers to what? And the answer is 49 Rand a month from 99 Rand previously. The second question, how much has MTN looking to raise through its listing of its Ghana subsidiary? And we're looking for the Rand amount here. And the answer there is 5.2 billion Rand. And SpaceX blasted two demonstration satellites into space this week. Uh, what are the satellites to be used for? And the answer there, they're the first in a planned constellation of satellites that will provide internet access to parts of the planet that do not have service. Do you think Elon will have to uh, upgrade those to the full version of those demo satellites once he's finished with the trial period. I don't know. <laughs> Shoot them down. <laughs> Fourth question. Former Dimension Data CEO Brett Dawson has joined the board of which tech company? And the answer there is Ubu, sorry, Ubusha Technology. We're both tongue-tied today. <laughs> and our last question, nice easy one. Which chip company builds the Snapdragon processors that power many of today's smartphones? And that, of course, is Qualcomm. And their 845 will be in the new S9 being announced this weekend. Am I the only one who finds these Qualcomm chipsets very intriguing and borderline sexy at the same time? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, they are quite cool. The um, stuff that these and, and Qualcomm was a few years ago. You didn't. You never heard of this. Never heard of them. You, yeah. What What were they doing? Like little chipsets in little yeah. micro devices, and now they're essentially powering all mobile devices. Yeah. Well, have you heard of Broadcom, the company that's trying to buy them? Oh yes, yeah. Broadcom used to. I used to mm. Broadcom chips on motherboards big yeah. back in the day when I was overclocking. Yeah. I mean, you'd find the best Broadcom chip okay. for certain things. Well, know, they're, they're trying to buy Qualcomm in a deal I think worth currently worth about $103 billion. That's good. Whoever buys Qualcomm, if they pull it off, it's going mm. to be a, a very clever acquisition. Yeah. Watch out, Intel, you're about to be eclipsed. Yeah, once they get into desktops, then there's going to be problems. <laughs> and they are. Yeah, yeah. They are indeed. Um, Chipzilla, take two. <laughs>
And that's our show. As always, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to get here from you. Our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. Thanks to the guys who tuned in. Uh, how many are online now? Um, one. Uh, <laughs> tuned into our um, uh, live stream. First time we've done it. Uh, we are probably going to try Facebook next time around. Yeah. Uh, and uh, YouTube after that. Or Definitely. Maybe in, a, maybe in a different order, but uh, we'll... And possibly at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let us know which you prefer too. I mean, which platform do you normally tune into live streams on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As always, the show will, of course, be available through our partner Zion.fm and through Tech Central, so you can uh, listen to it at your convenience, uh, in your car, at home, whatever, wherever you'd prefer to listen to your podcasts. But um, yeah, info at techcentral.ca.za. Tell us uh, where you'd like to see us stream live. And that's our show for the week, as always. Um, as always, um, <laughs> As I'm always. repeating the stuff that I've already said. Uh, from Rechard and myself. Take care. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.